0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Telos Running Podcast. I'm Steve, and I'm here with Kristen. Hello, Kristen. Hi. Um, we are episode nine, and this is part two of a three-part, two-part episode. Excuse me. I don't think it's going to be three-part. Let's not do... Th- yeah, I <laughs> don't um, Part two of a three-part episode. <laughs> there I go. It's got to be destined to be a third-part episode. We'll, we'll pull it out a year from now, right? Anyway, anyway... Um, And you can go back and listen to last week's episode called searching for answers, part one, and this is searching for answers, part two, um, a quick review of last week's episode. We basically covered, um, and I doing a three to five day fast, uh, in both of us looking to find answers, um, to some questions we had. My questions were more, uh, did you
1: have questions? Yeah.
0: What was my body saying? I was Mm. interested in listening to my body. So maybe it wasn't exactly a question, but you certainly had some questions. Um, we were looking at the possibility of utilizing the fast and autophagy and, um, how your body might get rid of inflammation and some other issues with doing an extended fast. So that's why we decided to try it, um, in that search for answers we came up with a whole lot of different things that we're really excited to talk to you about this week. Um, I would say, Kristen, would you say this, uh, this experiment was successful or unsuccessful, generally, as, a, as, a, as an initial starting point?
1: Overall, I would say it was very successful.
0: Are you speaking from your own perspective or for both of us?
1: Um, from my own. I don't think it's benefited you at all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I'll be able to talk my way into uh, ta- discussing, I think, how, what sort of transformations I was able to find from the process. But mine will be significantly less um, interesting, I think, than yours will be. So, all right. So we, you can find out all that information about what we were doing with the FAST, how long it was, what our goals were, and you should listen to the first episode. So, um, again, if you haven't, go back to part one, listen to that, and then join us here for part two. So, Kristen, how long did we last? How far did we get? Drum
1: roll, please. (laughs) Well, the goal was three to five days. We made it three days.
0: (laughs) By the skin of our, by the hair on our chinny chin chin. Although that's not exactly correct because you were ready to continue with the fast. Um, I, on the other hand, was very motivated to stop fasting.
1: You were motivated to stop fasting from. Day one.
0: Yeah, I think I was already a bit in um, unhappy land when we recorded our episode, which was like what? It was like 20 hours
1: in or 30 hours in? I mean, barely. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe it was a whole day.
0: Yeah, I think it was a whole day. Anyway.
1: Although I do remember in the middle of day one thinking, I'm going to tell him to go eat something because he's getting on my nerves. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we made it three days. And
0: uh, we stopped the fast. I stopped because three days was as far as I wanted to go. And Kristen stopped um, her fast to so we could break bread together, basically. So we could, we started the fast together and we wanted to end the fast together. She probably would have continued for, um, how much longer do you think you would have gone?
1: I think, well, so here's the deal. I wanted to make it to the fourth day to see, you know, in reading about all this stuff. Um, so there were so many people who said, When I woke up on day three or when I woke up on day four, I felt this way. And it was always day three or four. And as we know, on day three, I felt like shit. I have notes for you guys that I'll share. Um, and so I was really looking forward to, um, to seeing if that changed on day four. Um, but I don't know. I feel like this was my first time to fast and, well, prolonged fast. And I really, I don't know. It was, like you said. We started together. I wanted to end together and um, have that experience of like cooking a meal and sitting down and eating that meal, and not just oh, well, it's the next morning and I'm going to eat a handful of
0: nuts and berries because right. we would have eaten a handful of nuts and berries. Well, that's
1: exactly what I had. when We <laughs> broke. What what did you have?
0: I had an or, apple first. Do you uh, remember? That right. was the most delicious apple. But we'll get we'll get to that in just a second. So. Um, because i want to talk about that mike's the experience of the fast as a as a bigger picture but one question i think we'll be addressing a little bit later too which kind of talks about this which we're coming up with here for a little bit is the experience of doing a fast with another person and we're going to talk a little bit about what our experiences of our fast was but also our experience of the others f- how they were handling their fast and i do think it brings up an interesting question um about you know and th- i just want to ask you this question from a perspective of having gone through it and finished it. Would you suggest to people that they do a fast with another person, or do you think that it's better to do on your own?
1: Oh, um, well, I think that depends, right? I think having the support of somebody else is really important. Like, I didn't realize how much that meant to me until you brought it up as something that you you were willing to consider. But I think, I don't know, I but I also don't know, no, okay, I'm going to answer your question straight. <laughs> I think having somebody else to do it with you and talk about it with is really, really important.
0: Yeah, I think that it was incredibly important for me to do on my first fast. I do think it'll be interesting over subsequent fasts, because here I'm already going to the end, right, saying we'll probably do more of these. But I, we... I'm for sure you will, but I'm interested in doing them both with you, maybe even in a group with other people who had similar mindsets um, by myself, where I just do it for myself and for maybe some particular um, reasons that I might choose to do it by myself. Um, I'm also really, really interested in the idea of fasting for performance, especially with a getting into a, a state of ketogenesis, which I used to poo-poo and laugh about all the time. Mallory and Jason Brooks can poke their fingers at me, and they've been telling me about doing a ketogenic diet and and running fat and running on a more sort of primal diet and fat
1: adapted. Yeah,
0: and and working with that. That my experience of the fast, and then another thing I'll share with you about what my father revealed to me rec- while well, I was in the fast, which was really interesting, but um. I just think that there are a lot of reasons why you might want to do a fast with a couple, as a couple, you might want to do it individually, and you might even want to do it in a group scenario. So I just wanted to ask that on the outset, because I think it really is, with all things that we do, training, um, any experience we have as a human, set and setting are part and parcel to the process. You can't just talk about, oh, I fasted, and well, yeah, but did you go to work? Did you run? There's, did you do it with another person? There's so many different pieces of the puzzle. That having fasted now, I'm like, ooh, that that would create different experiences of it, you know. So, um, anyway, let's go back. Let's go back and, and talk a little bit about that, the experience of the fast. Um, and why don't you start us off, since you kept a pretty close notebook on your experience of fasting? Um, and let uh, me
1: just point out that <laughs> just yesterday, Steve was giving me shit about my um, bullet journal about. About my incessant note taking and uh journal keeping ways, and here it is working to his benefit,
0: yeah, I have a lot of journals <laughs> just <laughs> anyway anyway <laughs> there are, there's significant eye rolling going on over here anyway <laughs> um so tell us a little bit about your experience of the fast
1: okay, um I'll take you guys through um what happened physically and emotionally, and all these things. Um, so day one, I weighed myself. I clocked in, should I say my weight? Sure, on? why not? This is not national television, but it's what I, I wanted I, to say. Uh,
0: listen, it's, yes, you should. Okay. If you feel comfortable, you should. I
1: mean, I don't, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, <then laughs> this, this All of this is about getting outside of your comfort zone. Okay, so on day one, I weighed myself. I weighed 124 pounds, and uh, let me, I'm not, this was just to keep track of what was going on with my body. I did not do this to lose weight. I repeat, this was not to lose weight. Very important. Yes. Um, talk to me next time right before my race. That will not be the case. (laughs) Um, day one, uh, clocked in at 124 pounds. Um, probably 125. It was, I, it was, this was the end of it. Um, Pretty easy, my notes were pretty easy, more mental than anything, stayed moving all day, no real cravings. Um,
0: So you had a really easy day one.
1: Yeah, and I'll talk more about why I think that was later. Uh, Day two, Uh, so day two, I went back to school, um, and I said, easy all day until I got home, began craving bread, is this because of glycogen? Uh, Thought about Quitting, side note, still actively considering it. It is, however, mental. I am not really physically hungry. I am not experiencing hunger pain. It is more mental panic. Tired, grumpy, hungry, also a little bit dizzy. So that concludes day two. Day three, woke up dizzy and disoriented, slept hard, couldn't stomach coffee, cannot process information or concentrate, probably shouldn't have driven to school cold, tingling hands and feet, 10 a.m., feeling better, 12.30, way better. Realize that my back hasn't hurt in two days, end of the day, blurry vision, and I can't focus. Yep. And then we quit the fast.
0: So talk a little bit about your decision to quit since you decided to stop it, um, basically, because I had had enough.
1: Yeah, that was basically it. It was like... I was probably going to quit the next morning if I still didn't feel good. Um, The only difference was that if I woke up and had that like sense of, I don't know, like people talk about having this like uplifted spiritual state on the third and fourth days of their fast, Um, if I felt that I would have kept going, but, um, but my plan had been to quit the next morning. So it was like when you said, I'm done, I'm quitting, for me, it was like, okay, well, do I wait an additional twelve hours and and end this on my own with like no sense of celebration and hey, look what we did together, this is awesome. So that was why. But I would have, I'm pretty sure I would have made it till the next morning. I would have just put on some mindless movie because I couldn't read. Right, reading is such a big part of my of my life, and I couldn't read, so I just would. I wanted to watch a movie and go to sleep
0: yeah and we i mean i I so my experience of the fast was just a struggle from the very beginning um and I'll talk about that right now because I probably won't talk about it again, but I didn't set myself up for success with this fast. you did not as I found out later, um Kristen had suggested that i uh, that I maybe do a little bit of intermittent fasting um maybe adjust some of the food that I eat. And, and just for full disclosure, I pretty much intermittent f- in, intermittent fast no matter what, because I don't eat breakfast and never really have eaten breakfast. So usually I'm not even eating until about noon on any given day, but my food choices are not always the most optimal. And so, um,
1: Steve, does that change, um, when you have a run that morning or a big workout, do you eat?
0: No, I never eat ever. In the morning,
1: and you and you didn't as a collegiate athlete either.
0: No, um, I, now I would eat if the race was at 10 a.m. or later. So, okay, um, if it was before nine and I could get by on coffee, then I then I wouldn't. But if I thought that the that if I thought that my lack of eating was going to affect my performance, then I would. Now, remember, most of the races I was running were 30 minutes or shorter, or 31 minutes or shorter. So there really was no you know, whatever was, was, right? My biggest issues were, did I get enough sleep the night before? Did I hydrate effectively? Those kinds of things. Food was never really a big part of it. Um, and I never really had, um, I know that some programs that, that people are in, both male and female, there are sort of weight issues people have going into, thinking about where they need to be from an optimal standpoint. And I was never that kind of athlete. I just always sat right in a certain spot. So, um, but I I do think, that. so my experience of the fast was, really pretty good the first day. Um, I thought I had a better second day. Uh, I was I was complaining a little bit, but I started to get some of those feelings. I was hungry. I never stopped being hungry on this fast. From the very beginning to the very end, I remember telling Kristen that maybe in day two, I had a few hours. We went on another hike. And in that hike, I didn't think about my being hungry for about an hour. And um, that was probably the longest period of time I went throughout the entire 72 hours where I wasn't thinking other than being asleep where I wasn't thinking about my hunger Now I wasn't really craving food so much I was just feeling like my body was not happy not eating like it wanted to eat and it wasn't like oh I'm craving this or I'm craving that I really didn't go through those specific feelings as much you and I talked about what food we would choose especially in the third day if we got a little bit crazy that way but you know, I think my second day was where I could feel a little bit of the benefits of it and how it might be valuable to do this. And but my third day was a complete and utter shit show. I was I was headachy, grumpy. Um, my mother was with us. She had she was staying that she stayed those two of those three days with us. And my mom was like, God, you're an asshole right now. And I really was. I had no patience with our my puppy that I have. I had no patience with myself. Um, I got irritated with my mom and it, you stayed in bed
1: most of the day. She told me,
0: yeah, I might have, I did take a nap at one point in time, a long nap at one point in time. I just was completely miserable. Part of that was hunger. Part of it was the headache. And the other part was, I really ran into this situation. And this is why I asked the question about, would you fast with another person again? I felt an an immense amount of responsibility to the commitment I made to our just doing it together and to this podcast, right? That I knew I was gonna get on and have to discuss what I had chosen to do. And I did not wanna be the dude who fell down. I'm always, I'm pretty good for that. I'm usually a stand-up person when I say that I can complete something, I'll do it, right? I don't always do it on time, but I almost always complete what I'm gonna complete. So I felt a real strong sense of doing that. And once I had made the decision, I remember texting back and forth with you before you got back from school wondering what your plan was and you had had a pretty amazing experience in a conversation with one of your um one of your teachers at your class at your school who basically told you you were on the right path, asking about your fast. And you were so high after having that conversation with her. that then I was like, Oh my God, we may be going on. But I just decided at that point, I'm at 72 hours, I'll finish to 72 hours, and then I'm done. And then I told you that, right? Once yeah. you got home, I was like, I'm just going to let her know that this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my experience was a challenge. It was a challenge from the very beginning to the very end. Some of that self-inflicted, most of that self-inflicted but also this whole idea like you just mentioned how mental it is like there was an entire experience of like at day 2 there was a little window where i thought i might break right and i just said i'm not going to i'm going to make it to 72 hours boom it got easier right once the decision of whether to continue or not to continue was taken away it made it so much better and so much easier to manage which is so indicative of so many pieces when we talk about mental training, how much, how we set ourselves up and how we process what we're going to do and what, if we're going to complete it or if we're not going to complete a thing has is, is such a big part of what, whether we do or we don't.
1: Yeah. On that note, I feel like one of the biggest takeaways, like one of the biggest mental takeaways from this entire experience was I had this moment when I was feeling You know, so we established I I shouldn't drive to school. I shouldn't have driven to school. Um, But then when I was there, I was just so hungry and dizzy. And um, like I couldn't really focus. And I just kept thinking forward. Like, oh, I still have a whole day of this, or I still have, you know, until this time and how, what's it going to be like when I get home and I don't have anything to do and to distract myself. And it was so weird because it was like, you know, when you like stop the record and it's like, (laughs) (laughs) I felt like that in my brain and in my body. And it was like, Whoa, I only have to decide right now, right now, am I going to continue this fast? And for me, that was just like so eye-opening. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to do when I get home or what it's going to be like going to bed or what it's going to be like in the morning. I just have to decide right now. And I feel like that's so relevant to marathon training or any inferior distance. JK. What?
0: Oh, my God. You're going to tar and feather her. Oh my I am throwing um, a shoe at her right now.
1: But I feel God like- God
0: damn it, ru- ruining it. No, go ahead.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's so relevant to running in general, which is like not thinking about what is that, I've never had lactic lactate burn or lactic burn, but you don't really get that in a marathon, but like not dreading that or not dreading the workout or not dreading the end of the race, you know, the last six miles or whatever all you have to do is decide to get on the starting line and all you have to do is decide to take that next step.
0: Yeah. I think there's two pieces to this. Number one, all you have to do is decide you're going to do it. Right. That volition aspect, that choice, right? Choice balanced with a decision balanced with an action. Um, and then you just have to do it in the moment. Yeah. When you're there, choose it Yeah. and keep choosing it. And you're, you're, It can get fatiguing if you start thinking, am I going to choose again and again, like you described. And if you just make the choice that you're going to do it, and then you just continue to choose it in that moment, it's, it's pretty solid. That's a pretty big takeaway I got from this. The other thing is fasting is hard. And if you want to do something to challenge yourself and to put yourself in a position where you're, where you can feel your strength and your own willpower, your own personal power, there really isn't, it's really one of the best ways because everything else around you is going on as normal. People are eating breakfast. People are driving to work, you know. And those of you who have you're in your jobs where people are eating all the time and eating at work. I mean, you want to give yourself a challenge. This is a great way off the roads, off the track, and off the trail to challenge your willpower and your and your will. And um, I think if nothing else, an extended fast could be incredibly valuable just for that aspect.
1: Yeah, I think um, as you know, Steve, I'm a big fan of giving myself little tests like the time i tried to go without peanut butter or sitting outside in the cold knowing how much i hate the cold or taking a cold shower like whatever it is i feel like anything we can do throughout um throughout our week to sort of test ourselves mentally and physically test our resolve and just see can we grit it out can we bear it you know nothing like how deep can I cut myself? But you know, just little little tests of determination and strength and will I think is a really great way to exercise um, your your tolerance for discomfort.
0: Yeah, I think that fasting is a great way to do that. So let's talk a little bit about our, our experience of the other in our fast. So I'll start here with me watching you and your process. And, and this was so much more important um, you had many more reasons, I think, to do the fast than I did. Um, and I'll talk in just a little bit about what my reasons were uh, to review and then how I felt about that experience. But I do think it's important for anybody that's going to do a fast, if they're going to do it with another person, that, that I learned a lot of lessons um, in this process. I learned about my relationship with with Kristen. I learned about how when we make a decision for ourselves, um, that we do with another person, where our levels of responsibility sit. And we have these little micro decisions we make all the time in all of our relationships, whether they're work relationships or love relationships or business relationships or family relationships. We're always making a, a self, we're either exerting ourselves or pulling ourselves back. We're either making decisions for another person or for ourself. And there was nothing like a fast to make me realize that I was choosing to do a thing for my own benefit, but very much also for yours and the process of that. So I watched you closely, and especially as you're being your coach, and I I was like, what are we gonna get these responses? Are you starting to feel some benefits from it? Um, and my biggest ex- takeaway and my biggest experience of watch of watching you and your process was I could see you wrestling with how you operate as how you how you make decisions in your life and you know food choices are such hard it's such a hard thing and we do it every day we make all these little decisions all day long with our food and you got clearer and clearer and clearer on your vision Um, and it seemed like this process I could watch you even if you felt like you were less and less concentrated, I felt more and more concentration from you, that you were able to target in and focus on um, the bigger picture for why you were doing the fast. It's like it got that reasoning got stronger and stronger in Mm -hmm. you and not weaker and weaker. And so that was very motivating to me. And it almost made me go over the edge and say, I'm gonna go to the next morning or go longer because I wanted to get those feelings of, homeostasis, of balance, of not being hungry, and maybe I was craving a little bit of transcendence, and a little bit of a feeling that people talk about when they fast that they get. Um, they feel cl- more connected to the universe, more connected to, you know, many people fast for religious reasons, so they're more connected to their to their maker, however you want to call that, um, and I didn't get any of those. All I got was an arm wrestling contest with myself and my belly, and uh I did learn a few things, and I'll talk about that in a second. But my experience of watching you made me say, "This is a this is good. even though my experience currently is not good, is not feeling great." Um, I, I did take away a lot of benefit watching you go through the fast because I could see your concentration get greater. And you struggled. I watched you struggle, and then I watched you overcome struggle. And I watched you struggle, and I watched you overcome struggle. It was very motivating to me and kept me on board longer than I would have otherwise.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I would say my, my biggest takeaways in watching you go through the fast were, um, one realizing the importance of prepping your body for a thing because you didn't (laughs) and watching to see the way that you struggled, but also seeing in you, your commitment to your word. You said you were going to do something, for really to help me. I think you had some reasons in there that you convinced yourself of, and not that you convinced them in a false way because they were real, but they were sort of after the fact, but you're, I don't know that I could have done that for somebody else and not been as invested as I was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So just seeing how strong your will was and watching you sort of white knuckle your way through it. Because every time I thought about quitting, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But but what if
0: mm-hmm. you can
1: run again after this? Right. What if you figure this shit out? Right? So for me, it was like, okay, I can, I can take another couple of hours or whatever it was. Um, so prepping your body and how important that is and watching your display of your you don't have a will muscle, but
0: we all have a will muscle. I mean, it's not I a mean, muscle, but it's, it's your personal power, right? It was a definite, it was definitely an exer- and it was an exercise in personal power right. for sure. And by choosing to make it to the very, to the 72nd hour, which I think we were like 71 hours or somewhere around there. Right. But we were, we felt very comfortable that we had gone through the entire fast for three days. Um, yeah, it's just a thing. And and that in and of itself, it's like I always I'm a big believer that challenging yourself and seeing through a thing will make you stronger. Period. So let's talk a little bit about what we were hoping to have happen, and um, and then maybe what you learned, and may, we can go back and forth on that, or we can dive in. But I'm going to start with you on that one, Kristen, because you had a lot of things you were hoping to have happen through this process, and. Talk a little bit about what those were, the big ones and maybe even some of the smaller ones. And then your experience of that and what you've come away with through that process.
1: Yeah, so obviously the biggest thing for me was, you know, in researching about prolonged fasting, I hoped that, hey, maybe this injury that I'm dealing with is um, just inflammation. And if I can calm the inflammation in my body down, maybe I can run again. Results are in and I cannot run. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing
0: <laughs> but as really. a
1: way to not cry. Hmm. Um, kind of, um, so I didn't gain that, but what I did gain, um, a lot of the nerve pain that I've been dealing with, and I knew this was going to happen, um, went away. And I think so often with pain, especially in the hips, um, or in the hip area, whether it's your low back or your, SI or hips or whatever. Um, there's just so much going on in that area that it's very hard to articulate, um, where that pain is coming from and like, what's the source of that pain. Um, and so by calming down some of the outside pain, like the nerve pain, um, I was able to pinpoint where my real pain was coming from. And we have, narrowed it down to one of basically three things, which we can talk about later, um, that I'm dealing with, which is good, right? Like that's, that was another, that was the other point was, okay, well, if this doesn't fix it, can I at least figure out what's going on? And so, um, that was the goal. So I would say mission accomplished with regard to that because, um, I was able to quiet down the rest of my body and everything else that I was dealing with and go, okay, here's where that pain is coming from.
0: You you removed variables that w- could have been in effect. You removed them from your equation on what was your problem. Right. Right, you just said it's not nerve-based, um there might be some nerve-related issues, but this is not um my my pain in my hip is not coming from a nerve-related issue. Yeah. This is this is structural, there's something else going on and...
1: Right, that was the big deal. Though. And that
0: was a big deal because we kept thinking that that was going to be where, we, where you were at with this. And so figuring that out was really critical.
1: Yeah, so that's good, I guess. <laughs> um, and then the other thing, and this is something that I will forever and for always be grateful for. So you guys know that I, Did intermittent fasting for like two weeks leading up to the fast. Um, It's now been a week since the fast. I am still intermittent fasting. I'm averaging about uh, 20 hours of fasting a day, so I eat in a four-hour window. Um, I work out for an hour to an hour and a half a day, so I'm still active and working out. So for those of you who are afraid to IF and work out, don't be. It takes you a little bit to adapt, but... um, when i was running i did there were lots of times that i would do runs fasted as well so you can do that um but i would say that this fast and intermittent fasting in general has really changed my relationship to and with food um i had stated that another goal was to listen to my body and understand and hear what it needs as opposed to my brain saying well this is what i want right so if i'm craving I don't know, pizza, could that be that my body is craving fat? And so can I eat, I don't know, um, can I eat red meat and an avocado or I don't know, eggs and an avocado or whatever, instead of pizza. And can that satisfy that need? Um, and I feel like for the first time in my life, I've really been able to get a handle and have some sort of control over my natural desire to eat, 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 eat all day and overeat and eat bad things and make bad choices. And now I feel like for the past, I guess now it's been three weeks, I've been able to really listen to my body and say, okay, this is what's going on. This is what, I, what I'm what i feeling. I am hungry or I'm not hungry. I think what was interesting is when we ended the fast, I had an overwhelm, an overwhelming craving for apple peel, hmm. um, which worked out because Steve wanted an apple, so I said, well, can I just peel it and eat, eat the apple peel? And he was like, I don't care, right? Like, i <laughs> trying to bite off my fingers and take the apple from me. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so listening to my body, I feel like I'm in tune with it now more than ever.
0: Yeah, my experience of you in that is that you, prior to, even in the intermittent fasting process, prior to the three-day fast you your cravings for non food that you didn't don't believe would be beneficial to you was pretty strong and great still if if i would choose a a poor food choice you would get really frustrated and and not at me but more along the lines of frustrated about that you had to give something up and after the fast in the week since then and you're you're choosing to choo- you choose the best foods. It's like you put a reset on your body and then reset on your mind. Like it like it took both of them to get there. It's before you and body knew it's like your mind knew what you should choose, but your body didn't agree with it, or your desire for the other item and the for the whatever the item, let's say it was chocolate or um, you know, you know, goldfish or some other thing that you you just had you don't even bat an eye now that I've chosen to eat, continue to eat poison food. You don't even bat an eye at that. And you're like, well, nope, that's not what the choice I would make. Then.
1: Yeah, it it's interesting because we talked a little bit last week about cravings and sort of what that could be as far as like your body signaling that it needed something. And so I'm fasting for 20 hours a day, every day. and I think I missed one day. I did like 14 hours or something. But um I'm loose with that. Like if one day it's eighteen hours and so it's eighteen hours. Um, I trying to be different in my approach to everything and not hold on so tightly and be so rigid. Um, but I definitely think, so I'm basically eating when I do open my eating window, I am eating one big meal and maybe, you know, maybe a snack while I'm preparing dinner or whatever. Um, I'm still eating the number of calories that I need for my day. It's just all at once, as opposed to eating a little bit all day long. And I think too, Steve, the difference in being able to watch you eat my favorite ice cream in the whole world, Mm -hmm. cookies and cream, um, is that I know I only have this much time to eat, and I want to get the most out of my food choices that I possibly can. And I definitely think, being on this journey with my body and trying to heal it and fix it so that i can run there's nothing to light a fire under me like hey let's let's get all of you right so that you can eventually run again and if that means not eating like shit, so that you treat your body well then that's what i'll do so there's some vision clarity there as well
0: yeah i mean your experience of poor food choices are so detrimental to you that you also, if you did choose that, you know you'd feel miserable. It wouldn't be just the willpower question, right? It would also be, your body feels like shit. Like you do feel like shit. I don't. I can eat that cookies and cream ice cream, and I don't feel any negative effects of it. Then it's just a willpower question for me of, is this the right decision for me based on my ethics? Is this the right decision based on what I want to put in my body? I don't have that question about, does my body reject or rebel against this food, and yours does, and I think a lot of that is number one, you have food sensitivities that are greater than mine, but number two, you're much more in tune with your body, and I also learned that through this process of how little I pay attention, how little I have used food for um, for more for for fueling beyond just I have to eat so what I was hoping to gain going into this fast was to have to listen to my body, and I did. Um, what I was most excited about, though, was listening to my body after the fast and seeing if my body would reset and I would really crave benefit better foods. And I have. Um, I still choose some junk options but I'm choosing far lesser of them and I'm beginning to feel some food choices that really don't do well with me. So if I want some ice cream I'll have a little bit of ice cream but I don't feel the need to finish the entire pint. Or I'll have a few bites of a pretzel that's covered with chocolate but I don't feel the need to eat an entire bag of it which in the past I probably would have um, so my, you know, my, my main goal was to listen to my body but let me tell you some things i really learned about it number one i'm going to absolutely do another extended fast in fact i'm excited about doing perhaps an extended fast on a on a monthly basis We'll talk about what whether we do or we don't or how that plays out But that's something I'm really interested in and I will treat my body better going into it as I said I sort of intermittent fast. Um, I start eating at around noon and I stop eating around 7. So mine's much shorter than most people's I mean much I have a much shorter window of fasting than Kristen does, but I still do stop try hard to stop eating at 7 I might occasionally get eat some things, but I'm pretty good about that. So um but I'm also interested, the thing I did not do was I didn't run every day that I fasted. And I wonder, I ran one day and I hiked the other days um, And and I would definitely want to fast again and run more consistently because I did have a lot of questions about whether I went into ketogenesis and whether my body was really shifted over to the full fat burning and if I would have gotten the extra benefits that I was really hoping to achieve of clarity and maybe a a connection with um, some of the more esoteric and philosophical slash spiritual Theories and ideas that I've had over the last, you know, that I've been really exploring over the last year or so. Um, and those things didn't play out the way I really would have liked them to. And I think that if I had run more consistently during that phase, that might have happened. Um, I also had this incredible conversation with my father. So I texted him when I was in the deepest, darkest well of depression. And I said, Dad, you fasted before because my dad comes from a fundamentalist Christian background, and we—I grew up in one. And I thought he had, but he probably fasted for religious reasons. My mom had been here during that time frame, and she said she had done some fasting for religious reasons. And my dad texts back and said, "No, I did a three-day fast, and I did it in 1976, right before the New York City Marathon." And I'm like, "What the hell? My dad's doing like ketogenic, like." experiments on his body in 1976
1: is that when he ran like a 242 or something 247
0: i mean like my dad is like (laughs) was way ahead of the game playing this game anyway he he said that he had done some research about it and he was really interested in what would happen and you know my dad's a little nonchalant about that stuff so he didn't uh go into real deep detail but it made me also think really think about the possibility of utilizing this um on myself a couple of times to try to see if doing some longer term fasting might have some benefits in terms of a of a carbo in a, a sort of a flip of the carbo load scenario where you're getting much much better doing longer and longer workouts to switch over to that fat burning fuel and utilizing it much much more effectively well, especially for someone like me who seems to run really heavily on glycogen and then has these kind of more significant drops later because I'm not very well versed in using those fat fuels
1: I mean, it's kind of the same idea you have us do. Steve has us, um, all of his athletes do, um, fasted long runs and he had us do that all last season and I got to the point where even if it wasn't just a a prescribed long run, every single long run I did every single run I, I did was fasted, whether it was a workout or not. Now, if it was a long run workout, if we had, you know, 24 miles with some sort of heavy work, I would have, um, I would have a source of carbs before, but never in the form of like food, you know, breakfast, because that's just more work for your body to have to do to digest that. Um, I would have it in like, I'd have a, I'd have a gel or, um, you can or whatever right before the workout, because um, you would be in race
0: day too, and you were wanting to make sure that you simulated the things that you would be doing on race day when you did a really hard quality session.
1: Right. And so that worked really, really well for me and my body loved it. But also, um, also everything that I was reading had basically said what Steve has been telling me all along, um, which is that for big workouts or on race day, when you do taken the carbs right before it's like the the idea is you turn into fucking superman right, you're, right. your body's like whoa look at all this fuel we have to work with now now we can really
0: but eventually that out. all wears off so there you know that's the thing that that i'm beginning to realize too is we need to get better and better at burning fat fuels for marathoning because you're gonna get there you know I like to say two hours, I don't have a scientific reason for that except that it seems to be in most athletes that they get to that point. So if you're a two hour and 30 minute marathoner, then you only have to worry about it for 30 minutes. If you're a three hour marathoner, you gotta think about it for an hour. If you're a four hour marathoner, you gotta think about it for two hours. So getting better and better at burning fat fuels is really critical and crucial. So I think I'm going to be doing a lot more research on this topic and finding more and more information on it because before I did it because I knew people were going to hit this phase where they would shift into fat burning and I wanted that process of transition to be more seamless. But now I'm beginning to think, no, I think it could be an incredible advantage to be able to um utilize fats and you know that the ultra running community is already on this this is and i know that what i'm saying some people will be rolling their eyes and going i've worked on this for a long time well listen marathoners um if you're if you're looking at the elite athletes for your model for this you can't because ilya kipchoge is finishing his race in two hours and in one minute two hours and then the fastest in the world are running two hours and five minutes and the fastest women in the world are running two hours and 15 to two hours and 20 minutes and they're spending very short periods of time in this fat burning zone assuming it's at two hours and i'm just making that number up generally because that's been my experience not based on evidence-based information but but mine is based on experience-based information but if you're running a four-hour marathoner you need to be way 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 better at running on fat fuels, and the amount of sugar you're putting in your body may not actually be benefiting you very much. And so um, I'm very interested in that topic. Anyway, I went off there for a little bit. Sorry yeah, about no, that.
1: Yeah, no, I think this, that's, I mean, that's what these guys are here for, right? Not necessarily to hear about, oh, what did we learn on our fast? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I think that's 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 a huge point. And um, there's actually a lot of science out there, which I'll let you do your own research on that. Exactly. Um, but. A lot of science out there about um, when you deplete glycogen stores in your body as a marathoner. So that two-hour mark is is right is pretty much right on, and um, yeah. So, so Kristen, will you fast again? Will you do an extended fast again?
0: And if you did do an extended fast, which I'm assuming the answer is yes, what will you do different?
1: Um, Yes, and I plan on building it into my um, life every four to six weeks, um, probably right at three days. Eventually, sometime I'd like to try five, ten days. I don't know if I'll get there or not, but um, what I would do differently. So I think I did a really good job the week before. I ate really, really well. Um, I think what I would do differently is put my body into ketosis probably probably two to three days out. Um and
0: how would you do that?
1: I would pretty much eliminate major carb choices in my diet. I mean I don't even currently I probably only eat about sixty grams of carbs a day, but um I would probably, yeah, I would just eliminate that and just eat fat and protein for the for the three days before the fast. And then maybe even the day before, just have like soup stuff just to get my body prepared for it. But I think I did a really good job preparing.
0: Yeah, you, you definitely did a much better job than I did. <laughs> Pete Terry's a hamburger and fries and a Coke. Um, as my final meal was probably not the best option <laughs> Pro-
1: probably not
0: <laughs> I don't know if I'd admitted to that yet anyway um, so my experience was I would definitely do it again as well um, and I'm interested in ex- I would def the, the next time I did it would shoot for four out four days no matter what yeah um, I might even say that I would ch- say four to five with to press to five and then I would be interested in maybe every four months every four weeks to six weeks, probably more like six weeks to do that and to press the edges and see if I can get any benefit from it. I certainly felt, I will say this post fast for about 36 hours, I was in Fuego. Like I felt really, really good. And that was one of the reasons why I was really wanted to run oh, more. Yeah. Like I wanted to run more because I wish I had run more and I would have felt better running later too. Yeah. Cause I didn't get that feeling. I mean, I will tell you, I had a, an incredible experience of the first 36 to 48 hours of feeling sharper, more focused. Um, I did not, the weird thing too, I will tell you this. And another reason why I would be interested in going for a fast and doing it longer is my hunger didn't go away. I mean, my hunger didn't go away probably f- uh, for another 24 hours to 36 hours. So even though I ate the food, I had that psychological satiation, but I didn't feel this physiological feeling of being full. Like, I, I guess I did feel full, but weirdly I felt hungry. I don't know what that difference is, um, and I'm really interested in that and trying to explore that a little bit more. But I'm a big I'm big for trying to find. Um, you know, out of body experiences and every every chance I can and to choose those to to do those things in ways that are not drug and alcohol related are very, very interesting to me. Um, and so I know that there's a place to get there with fasting, and I'm very interested in it. And I'm very interested in my body running on a fast, and then my running post fast and to keep notes about it to see if maybe some choices I could make prior to a race would be beneficial. So, um, yeah I would definitely do it again, and I would definitely do it um, in a way that uh, in a way that impacted both my running and my life and what I would do differently, I definitely will <laughs> intermittent fast for f- three to four days prior going in with a really rigid intermittent fast and begin to really change my food choices going in um, because it was just miserable for longer periods of time and maybe i wouldn't be so hungry and you didn't have quite as bad of experience throughout the time frame you had these ebbs and flows that i didn't have it was just a shit show for me all the way so um i would definitely change how i approached this fast and then i would definitely run more during the fast and i wouldn't do more mileage i would just i wasn't as concentrated and i kept thinking oh i don't want to run because i don't feel good and I'm not saying I would go out and run a two hour run, although definitely at some point in time I would do that, but I would want to go out for a 30, 45 minute run or an hour run and, and just continue to do that on a consistent basis while I was fasting.
1: Yeah. Oh, I also forgot to say, I start did my start weight. My end weight was 118 pounds, um, which is right at about where my body is comfortable when I'm not training. Um, and, it, and I've... that weight has stayed the same in the week, in this whole week after the fast. So it's, at first I thought, oh, it's just water weight or whatever, but I was drinking a ton of water. Um, Steve, you lost about the same, right?
0: I lost 10 pounds. I went from 150 to 140 and now I'm back at about 144 or 145, which I think is uh, probably where my my good place is if I'm not eating clean. If I'm eating clean, I'm I'm confident that 140 zone would be where I would be at um, from a, from my body. And I think if I got below 135, it would be dangerous for me yeah. and not, and not beneficial. So I do, I do feel a lot better about, I, about a year ago, I was way heavier in not taking care of my body and, um, in drinking significantly more alcohol. And so I, I do know that it was interesting to go from that 150, cause I don't feel good at 150. So 145, I feel a lot better. So again, those numbers are just, my personal numbers. There no one should be comparing and contrasting yeah. where we all stand. Um I'm five foot seven and and chesty, right? I mean, I carry some I carry some weight in my body muscularly, so I'm not a super lean guy. Um anyway, so that experience was it was interesting just to sort of find where my set point was, and if I were paying attention to weight on a consistent basis, which I absolutely don't, if I were worried about that, I would be wanting to be going into a race in that one forty range and to one thirty five range and I know now by doing this process that my body's pretty happy there, assuming that I'm not completely hungry so so Kristen let's I want before we end here, um, I want to because this whole process was about. You trying to find answers, um, and the fast didn't give you any clear answer, but it took away other questions, right? It sort of clarified the air, um, but it did give you it did give you some sort of, I'll say, purpose driven answers, and oh, maybe boy. and maybe even like like worldview. I mean, it, it you had some very very significant experiences about where you'll go with the information that came out of the fast. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about that, and we don't have to go on and on about it, but I do want to make sure our listeners hear that there was some really significant resolution here and some real wins that came out of this process. And the fast was absolutely crucially part of that, and maybe even spiritually part of that, and it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I could ever do justice to what exactly I learned from this fast just on this podcast. Like, I'd love to sit down with each and every one of you and have dinner and um, talk about it because there's just so much there, like Steve said, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. um, I mean, just the insight that I gained from, I don't know, like, and I would say that's something I would challenge each of you to do is like, how much of your mental energy do you spend worrying about food? What am I gonna eat next? What am I gonna eat next? Do I have time to go to the grocery store? Do I, did I, do I have time to meal prep? Did I pack my snacks? Did I, where am I, like, if you could quiet all of that down for a little bit and not think about food as how much can I eat without gaining weight or whatever it is that we all think about when when we think about food, but just like eat to do its job. And I'm not saying that food shouldn't be fun and all those things because there's certainly a time and a place for that, Um, but just see what how much extra mental energy you have when you're not spending it on that. Anyway, um, so I have a plan. Um, Starting this week, I will be, um, so we are pretty sure that we know one of three things that is wrong with me. And um, the answer to that is basically a surgical answer to any of the, these three things that is going on with me. Um, and I'm not going to do that. I won't do that. I'll never do that. Um, that's just not, I'm not going to do that. Um, and I have a lot of reasons why. Um, but I believe that a lot of what's going on with runners in general or with people in general can be fixed through a lot of hard work and PT. And that's not to say like if you have some sort of degenerative disease, um, that requires surgery, that's something completely different. But when you're talking about imbalances in your body causing posture, postural, I don't know, abnormalities, that's something different. And so starting this week, I'm working with a trainer and I will, um, we're basically going to start from my shoulders and work our way down and strengthen every single muscle in my body in a very functional way um every stabilizer um we're not just going to for instance we're not just going to work my abs my abs are pretty strong but like those deep lower abdominal muscles are not and so you know it's something that my pt told me two years ago hey kristen you need to to work your deep lower abdominals and i was like you know i just had my kid and i was excited to get back and Get back out there and start running again and i was like yeah yeah okay and it's this move where you are on your back with your knees bent and you're doing these tiny little contractions and you're on a blood pressure cuff and mm-hmm. like who wants to do that nobody like but i can squat 200 pounds right and so
0: Like, what's real strength? Right, right. What real strength you never see.
1: Right, and so I neglected all of that. And my PTs told me, don't do that. But I did, right, because my ego got in the way and I was excited and all of these things. So um, I'll be working with a therapist and we will be um, strengthening every single part of my body. And I have a very detailed and outline plan for how that looks. I'm really excited. Um, And I don't know how long it'll be until... Um, I'm where I need to be, but I am like, my vision is very clear and I know exactly what I want and I feel very confident that we have a way to get there. Um, and it's like many of you with goals, whether it's to BQ or OTQ or a time goal, like you have that in your mind every day when you wake up, when you go to bed, it's one of the biggest things on your heart. And I feel the same way with this. And even though I don't actually get to run, sometimes running is more than just running. And that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm excited to share that with you guys as, as, uh, as I move along that process. Yeah, you can't
0: run. <clears throat> the thing that people have to do to run effectively and the best has nothing to do with running. Um, there are strength, and flexibility, and balance issues that are, pardon my alliteration here, but are, are, but are core to the entire process of, of putting the foot on the ground and pushing off. And we, we think about our, I see people in the weight room, you and I were talking about this the other day, and they're doing all these specific exercises that When I look at it and I say, is how's that going to help you at mile 24? How's that going to help you off the starting line in a 100 meter dash if you had to do either of those two things? And, you know, both these two things are primal. I mean, the 100 meter dash is primal, the marathon or the ultra marathon is a primal thing. And, you know, I think that that's one of the experiences of this fast that Kristen and I both sort of highlighted on something we'd already kind of been philosophically inclined to, which is, What are our? What is our body's evolutionary purpose, and why did it form in this way? And that's interesting from a psychological perspective. It's interesting from a physiological perspective. It's also very interesting from a a pseudo spiritual worldview perspective. And um, it's kind of the first thing in my first experience I've ever had in my life through this process of fasting was recognizing everything's fucking. Interconnected, which I knew intellectually, but this fast process made me realize wow, we are so interconnected in our body with the earth, with the ground, with the sun, with so many other pieces. And, um, you know, I'm not going to run out there and run around barefoot every time I'm wherever I'm going, although Kristen might. I'm, I'm not probably going to do that, but I, I am much more interested in how that process works and getting closer and closer to. That experience, and I've already always been aesthetically and 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 philosophically bent that way, but I didn't always choose to be that way, and here it is. it's about being a whole body on this whole earth, and super expect i'm I'm very interested to see where that goes. i'm a, I'm also want to let all our listeners know that um, this is a really, really tough thing for Kristen to have gone through and to have shared this with you all on a podcast This really has stretched her outside of her comfort zone. And I want to thank you, Kristen, and I think a lot of our listeners will also thank you. We've heard from a number of you via email and face-to-face that Kristen's journey and her process here um, has been has been moving to you and interesting to you. And um, hopefully you've gotten some things from it because I certainly know that this wasn't for her own edification. Um, she did learn some things, but she probably would have kept this private if I hadn't begged her to get on the podcast and do it with you. So thank you, Kristen, for being willing to do that. And thank you to our listeners who walked down this road with us. Um, we'll give you more updates in the future on our fasting choices as we go down the line. And I am 100% sure that Kristen will continue to share with you um, at different times during this podcast over the over the subsequent episodes about her experience and where she's at in her running journey um and she will run again this i can tell you this i predict and this i am certain of um so don't don't she certainly wouldn't want you to be in a position where you were where you were too felt too badly for her because she's figured out a whole lot of things and learned a lot of experience and and is on a clear delineated path and a got a purpose the way that she hadn't before. So a deeper purpose. Would you say that's real?
1: I have a fire in my belly. That is for sure.
0: Mm. So that fire we will continue to share with you over the coming um, months and hopefully years with as we continue this podcast.
1: Yeah, and look forward to um, a podcast all about strength work and what Steve and I think about strength training next yep. week, right? From
0: the ground up from the ground up. So thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. If you have any insights or you want to share anything with us, um, you can reach me at sisson at telosrunning.com. That's sisson, S-I-S-S-O-N at telos, T-E-L-O-S, running, (laughs) R-U-N-N-I-N-G.com. Thanks for listening. Kristen's making fun of me for spelling running. Probably (laughs) deserve that. Love y'all. Enjoy it. Take to you later. Bye.